because we are reconnecting with ministries in Israel. And I thought about that. I thought, you know, you know, when you go on vacation, you don't vacate from Jesus, right? So when you're wherever you are, you 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 can rest and relax, but you're also involving the Lord, the Lord directing your steps each day. And so uh, um, I'm just, I'm excited to be back home, but I'm also excited to share some things that, that, that are going to, I believe, really encourage all of us that the Lord did while, while I was there. But I just want to say to the team, uh, those that, that shared Kyle's message, Rachel's message, and then Derek's last week, uh, how many of you were blessed by all of them and what they shared? Amen. It, uh, I feel like that, that the church went forward, took steps forward, in, uh, and the responses of your hearts to what was shared. When, when Kyle shared about t- people committing to close their eyes for an hour a week so that others' eyes could be opened, and the number of you that responded to that. <clears throat> and then Rachel, I, I think really giving a word of pastoral word, a protective word for us to not get offended by having unrealistic expectations, but at the same time, stirring expectancy in our hearts. Now, that's a tough one. It's like an Olympic dive, a 9.9 difficulty. And then Derek, last week, Derek not only talked about passion for Jesus, but how many of you know it's good when someone talks about passion for Jesus and they have passion for Jesus? It's really good, you know? It was theory and lab together, and so my heart today is not to... There's a move happening here this summer. I think one of our, our people had a word that God was going to... We are going to increase in, in divine activity this summer. I believe that's happening, and so my heart's to not get in the way today, but just kind of uh, cooperate and let God continue to move. How many of you with me on that? Amen. Amen. Father, we just give this time to you with... Open hearts, your word says that we are with humility to receive the word engrafted in us that makes our souls whole or saved. You, you say in Revelation 12 that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives to the death. So, Father, in these next moments, I ask that we would have hearts to hear and to receive and to Allow your word to be engrafted in us. May we live differently with greater faith and greater uh, love for you as a result of this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can y'all hear me okay? Y'all good? Okay, my voice is a little froggy, but... um, Matthew 7, 7, if I was to... I'm going to start with a springboard verse here. This... This kind of wrap encapsulates what I'm going to be sharing the next few minutes. It's basically, if I was to entitle this message, it would be uh, Prayer Matters, Story Time with Pastor Glenn. So I'm going to tell some stories (laughs) and get my sweater and be Mr. Rogers, you know. So there's not a lot of scripture in it, but there's a lot of testimony But I thought, you know, I kind of need a scripture to start out with. So this is the theme of what we're looking at. The Greek of this is is the present progressive action. Ask and keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. 
So what I'm going to share about today is ways that over the years in this little prayer room, I have been knocking and asking and seeking. And uh, the Lord, in such a tender way, uh, validated some things where he was saying, Glenn, I've really heard your prayers. In your weak moments, feeling like you're just kind of throwing a prayer up against the wall, hoping it sticks, you know, and makes a a difference. There's some things that I encountered um, these last couple of weeks that really encouraged me. I'm back here now with, with greater faith and zeal to stay in my place of prayer here in this prayer room and as, as a pastor, to give myself in a fresh new way to, to prayer and fasting. And so I want to give a little background of um, how I came to this topic today, Prayer Matters. I was we were in the airport, we were in the taxi going to London Gatewick Airport last Tuesday. It's a long taxi ride, and I was trying to process all the things that happened, uh, not only the fun things, but these um, missions type of things that happened. And, and this phrase, prayer matters, dropped in my spirit. And I immediately felt like that was a double meaning, that prayer matters, meaning it's important, Prayer makes a difference. And then prayer matters that we bring before God that he wants to answer. Prayer matters. In other words, there are things that God invites us to pray about that will not happen unless we pray because prayer matters. But then there are things, there are certain things that I'm learning about. I want to take certain prayer matters before the Lord, that I feel confident He wants to answer. Like we can spend a lot of time praying about matters, but when we there are certain things that I believe God's called us to say, if, you, if you'll pray this prayer, I really want to answer that prayer. Now, I'm going to talk about that more in detail next week. Today, I want to talk about prayer mattering, prayer making a difference. And so... I want to give a little background on this trip because it's all going to hopefully tie together. Back in uh, how I came to go on this trip, back in September of, of last year, I, I don't get a lot of dreams, but I had a, a very vivid dream of that I was standing in the back here where Grace is looking out this window in the back row there, I was looking out across at that apothecary store over across the way here, and, and that wasn't important, but off to the right, I saw three tornadoes all at the same time, but they weren't like coming from the sky, they were like about six feet tall, each tornado. And uh, like I said, I'm not given to a lot of dreams, but so I woke up going, whoa, what was that? That's pretty dramatic. And and the, the, the three tornadoes actually became people in the dream. So that's why they were about six feet tall. And I had the impression, <clears throat> excuse me, when I woke up that the, these were people related to Israel, potentially related to ministries that we support or certain missionaries, certain things happening in Israel. So I wake up uh, and I'm like, huh, I think God, are you? impressing me to go back to Israel because Suzanne and I went there seven years ago 
and uh, the elders helped us go, and we connected with the ministries we support there uh, as a church. And, and then six years ago, I went back to Israel and, and had some other cool things happen. So I'm like, are you wanting me to go back to Israel here? And this was, back, like I said, back last September. And uh, since I'm not really, I'm getting old, and I don't really like to fly and travel. I like my schedule, you know, two-mile radius around here. Uh, you know, come here, go to the gym, you know, go back home. And so I don't really like traveling. Plus, I, it's expensive to go over there. So I was like, okay, um, Lord, if I'm supposed to, but I want a confirmation. I need, a, I need to really know that I'm supposed to. So that, that very morning, I asked for the confirmation. Later that day, Derek, wave Derek back there, Derek. Derek comes walking. I'm sitting at a table here in the lobby. Derek comes walking down the hallway back from like the, the cab, the kids' church, the children's room. And Derek, anybody know Derek? He has that look on his face sometimes like. <laughs> so... So here's what he does. So Derek's got this <laughs> with a phone, and he goes, and I'm looking at him going, he goes, and he puts a phone up to my ear, and there's a man praying in Hebrew over me. And to make it more interesting, the man praying in Hebrew over me, I watched him and prayed with him on the International House of Prayer web stream for years. His name's Jong, and he's praying a blessing over me. Well, I don't tell Derek anything about my dream the night before. I just asked the Lord for a confirmation about going to Israel. So I kind of felt like the Lord had that for me and for us to do. So the time wasn't right back in the fall to go, but... Um, for, for a number of reasons, but the Lord opened the door for Suzanne and I to go here in June, uh, and we were able to go with Frank and Norma Parrott. I think they're in the other room with the kids. Frank's an elder here, and Norma, uh, wife, and they, they love the Lord and love missions. So we got to go, and that's how it started um, for us to be, to be on this trip. Uh, I do want to say, when, when, you, when you might be thinking, if you don't mind showing that, uh, that, that little portion from the Omega course, uh, you might say, how, why, are you, why are you equating three tornadoes with Israel? <clears throat> well, not only did I have that impression, but this is, uh, for those who were here years ago, I told a pretty interesting story about how I just randomly opened up this book uh, called the Omega Course. It's a guide, it's a study on the end times and how I had an impression weeks earlier that in the prayer room in Kansas City that Jerusalem, I, I saw a tornado over Jerusalem and I turned to Suzanne up in the prayer room. I say, say, honey, what's a vortex? I keep hearing vortex and it's a tornado over Jerusalem. Now, I know I'm getting weird, so y'all, if some of you leave right now, I understand. <laughs> but I'm like, I need to look up what's a vortex. I look it up, it's like a tornado. And so then I'm back, I come back from Kansas City. This is like 10 years ago. And I open up this book just randomly here at the church. 
And this is the page I open up to. Can you can y'all read what that says? That Jerusalem is the vortex or the tornado of God's end time plan. And so when we think about that, why would Jerusalem be the vortex of God's end time plan? Because a vortex pulls everything around it into its force. It pulls things into it. And so prophetically speaking, as the days and decades approach the Lord's return, where people stand, where every man, woman, and child stands regarding Israel will be made plain. The majority of the planet will not back up Israel when that day comes. When it gets really hard to support Israel, the majority of the planet will not. And those who are in the know, those who are believers, those who are intercessors, those who, are, um, who God has prepared and are saying yes to the Lord, they will stand with Israel. So I throw that in to say that's why I got to this, this point with the three tornadoes. So I want to talk about how these, uh, I wasn't sure which, with, it, with, with three tornadoes, which ministries we were to reconnect to. Um, I thought, well, when we go, we'll see what God does with that. Um, so I, um, I, I have to say, I have a good report this morning that I believe the Lord made it very clear what three ministries that, that the Lord brought us back into connection with as a church. The Lord made it very clear and uh, in deep ways, he brought the principle home with each of these ministries that prayer really matters. In particular, with each ministry, it was like God was going out of his way to encourage me that the little prayers we've been praying here for the ministries in Israel, that those little prayers have been moving God's heart and are making a difference in this world, and in Israel. So I'm going to share three testimonies related to these three ministries that God has reconnected us to using this tornado metaphor. And before I get into the, each of these three, I want to say when Kyle picked us up at the airport on Tuesday, I, one of the first things we shared after how are you and hugging and everything, it was he said, how was the trip? And I said, well, it was so interesting because I had this dream of three tornadoes that were three ministries we were to connect to, and God really made these connections clear as to what they were. Kyle's driving out of the, 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 the pickup line of the airport, and Kyle goes, no way, and he puts on the brakes. He goes, look at that billboard, Dad. And so he pulled over and said, we got to take a picture of that. So I'm telling him about three tornado dream. And this is what is in the, under the little uh, bridge as you leave the Austin inner Bergstrom Airport. Can you all see what that is? Okay, that, that's not four. That's actually one tornado, two tornadoes, three tornadoes. And that's me, jet lagged and tired. But... <laughs> That's not a tornado. That's a piece of wood or something coming up. I kind of think it's cool. Threats are coming. Are you panicked or prepared? Which we could get frothy on that and swirly. 
but, uh, but uh, vor- three vortexes, right as I tell Kyle, I had a dream about three tornadoes and we connected. So we, so I, I but I want to point it out by looking at this picture, the three ministries were first was Haim and Rudy Singerman, and you, you'll, I'll tell about them later, but it was the Jerusalem Hills Bed and Breakfast where I, the Lord showed me that prayer matters regarding evangelism and seeing lost people come to Christ. This second tornado was Asher Intrader and the Revive Israel ministry that showed me that prayer matters in regards to divine appointments and God directing us and connecting us with the right people at the right place at the right time. How many of you want to be connected divinely to people in the right people, right place, right time? Well, prayer matters in that. And then the third tornado was the the idea of a ministry in Bethlehem, which is the West Bank, and the, the truth that prayer matters when it comes to seeing the house of God, churches all over the world becoming houses of prayer. How many of you said, no, when Jesus turned over the tables of the temple, he said, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And so taking, so those three themes are what we're looking at. The first tornado, the first testimony has to do with God reconnecting us with Haim and Rudy Singerman at Jerusalem Hills Inn, bed and breakfast. If you can show their, the family's picture up there. They are spirit-filled Jewish, Jewish family that came from Dallas, Texas, 12 years ago to, to Jerusalem to make what's called Aliyah. It's Jewish people who move back to Israel and make a living. So they started this bed and breakfast 15 miles outside of Jerusalem in a city in a little town called Abu Ghosh. And for 12 years, they've been, and that's been their, they're making their living. They have a prayer room there. They have a ministry uh, in many ways to people who come and, and stay there. And um, we have not been in touch since six years ago. And uh, so when we got there, we stayed with them. And um, had, had two wonderful days with them, reconnecting. I got, uh, we went to the Jordan River, and uh, Haim baptized me in the Jordan River, where at the very place where uh, Joshua and the Israelites crossed the Jordan. And you know that with the, uh, the they, they brought, they went into the promised land. It's the same place where Elijah was caught up in the air, the Jordan River. It's also the same place where, of course, Jesus was baptized. So it was good. It was really neat for all of us to get baptized in the Jordan River just to help connect our hearts to the land. So we had a real neat connection time with Hyman Ruti, and he asked me if I had a prayer request before he baptized me. I said, yes, you've made Aliyah. You've packed up everything and learned Hebrew and come to the land. Would you pray for me that I would have your heart, Haim, for the Jewish people? So he prayed over me. That was a really blessed time. But that wasn't really why I call that a divine connection that will encourage us. What connected me was this, that how prayer matters with this ministry. If you don't mind just showing the, 
the bed and breakfast picture up there <clears throat> was prayer matters regarding evangelism in this, in this regard. Off to the right was our four bedrooms, that, that four different units of the bed and breakfast that look out over Jerusalem. And so six years ago when I was staying there, I was really studying on how to talk to Jewish people about receiving Jesus because they're really not open. Well, next door to me was a mom and a daughter. The daughter was named Talia. I don't know, I still don't remember the mom's name, but I remember Talia from the Rocky movies. Talia Shire was the actress, so I can remember her name. But here's the thing. Six years ago, I was out on my balcony looking over Jerusalem, studying on telling Jews, Jewish people about Jesus. And the mom and the daughter came out to their little place on the balcony. And I felt really prompted to share Jesus with them. And I felt the Lord really giving me the words and the things to share. And Talia's mother looked at me and said, I cannot argue with anything you're saying. I understand it. And part of me wants to receive. But if I say yes to Jesus, my whole family will disown me. And I cannot afford to do that. I'm trying to bring them over here as well. So I was disappointed. But I went ahead and, you know, went left and came back here. But for six years, uh, for a number of years, every Tuesday, the Lord has led me to fast here in this prayer room until 6 p.m. to, uh, I mean, sometimes I can't wait till 6 p.m. to break my fast. Uh, sometimes I go a little longer, thinking I'm real spiritual. But, <laughs> but every Tuesday, the Lord's led me to pray and fast until 6 p.m. for Israel, for Jewish people to come to know Jesus. And by name, Here's the thing I forgot to tell you before. For six years, virtually every Tuesday, I have said the names, Lord, would you bless Haim and Ruti Singerman and their son, Yohanan. And then they have five other, six other kids. And would you bless Talia and her mother? Let them come to know Jesus. Every Tuesday for six years. So I didn't ever think I would hear anything about that because I, you know how you share Jesus with someone, they go, no, and you move on. And, but I couldn't get rid of praying for them. So Talia and her mother, Talia and her mother. Well, two weeks ago, we we're having dinner with Frank and Norma. And Norma says at the dinner time, Frank and Norma are here, members here. And Norma says, wow, Ruti Singerman, did you show their picture earlier? Okay. His wife, well, it's a, yeah, yeah, she's right there. She's at, she, Norma says, Rudy told us the coolest thing today about a mom and her daughter who got saved three years ago at the, at the bed and breakfast. And I was like, was her, was the daughter's name Talia? And she's like, yeah, it was. <laughs> And I'm like, what? You know, well, yeah. I mean, think about that. They don't, Talia and her mother don't live there. They live in the area. I never, 
I hardly spent any time with Ruti, but at the same time, so it was the Lord touching me, saying, Glenn, I've heard your prayers. My weak prayers, my, they were just part of a list of about 10 people in the land I prayed for. Hyman Rudy, Yohanan, Asher Betty, Talia and her mother. Not a lot of faith, not a lot of zip on the thing. Certainly never thought I would hear a report. Root, uh, hi, uh, Talia's mother makes her living writing internet articles for magazines that go all over the world, specifically to Jewish people in the United States, and now she is a believer in Jesus Christ. Praise God. So I call that a tornado, all right? Connecting that way. The second ministry that was like a tornado that the Lord connected us with is um, Asher and Betty Intrader. If you can show a, a little quick video of Asher Intrader is the, the one who wrote this book, Alignment, that I talked about. How many of you know I've been talking about 2019 has been a year of alignment for us as a church? Does anybody know anything about me saying that? Okay, good. Um, He's an author. I've known him for 32 years. He's head of Revive Israel Ministries. And so we connected with that Revive Israel Ministry again in some, some pretty cool ways. The first one, if you can just, can you pull up that YouTube or not? Just show, you can just show his picture, that's fine. But we got to go to a meeting that in, there in Jerusalem with about maybe 30 Korean believers and about 30 American leader people, believers. Um, anyway, we had a really good time. Yeah, that's it. Is the volume working or not? I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah. we'd like you to pray because uh, tonight some of us are going to a national youth conference. He's a speaker uh, that night. Sponsored by Sukkot Halel, and I'll be teaching the first session tonight. Uh, I'll be teaching in Hebrew. And Malik will be translated to Arabic, and Sarah will be translated to English, as far as I understand. So Suzanne and we need I are a lot of grace. So I thought what I would do was go over it one time right now in English. So it's kind okay, of a little uh, rehearsal that for that. Now. Anyway, was... so we had a wonderful time connecting. Right, we were in the crowd, and we got he got to teach, and and uh, we've, like I said, we've supported him and uh, just been really blessed by his books and things over 32 years. Um, a lot of things he said, he's like a father in the faith to me, but I've never really met, I met him briefly, but didn't know him at all, you know, had any kind of thing there. So after that meeting, uh, there was a crowd around Asher and, uh, you know, they were visiting with him and I thought, well, I'm not, no chance to even say hi to him and thank him. But so I went over and started putting chairs up in the room. But I remember as I was putting the chairs up, I was thinking, if we're supposed to connect, you know, Lord, you know my address. If you're supposed to, if we're supposed to have some, you know, like David on the backside of the mountain, you know, you, if we're supposed to, but if not, I, I didn't expect it or anything. So, you know, he'd, he'd gone and I'd finished up there. And then we're, we're kind of in the car with Ruti. She was... Hyman Rudy's, the, the, the wife that I just showed you earlier, she's kind of given us a tour of some of the, the, the ministry of Revive Israel. And then 
as she's dropping, as she's dropping us back, as we're dropping her back off at our bed and breakfast, she says, you know, uh, Asher needs a ride to this national conference tonight in Netanya. It's about an hour and a half drive. And my son, Yohanan, remember I said Yohanan every Tuesday? <laughs> my son, Yohanan, can't drive him because he's got class until five. And so I'm looking for a ride for Asher and Trader. And I didn't pray about it one bit. I just said, I'll do it. <laughs> I am here. You know, we are here. And uh, so long story short, we had a wonderful time in the car, one-on-one with Asher and Trader. He shared some of the coolest things. And I thought about it later. When he, when we, that night, when we dropped him off after this conference, he closed the door after we said goodbye. And I looked at everyone in the car. I said, what just happened? How did God allow this in, in my life? Because he's really special to me. And the Lord prompted me very clearly. He said, Glenn, you've been saying his name before me for 10 years on Tuesdays. You've been fasting and praying for him. And so I just wanted you to do, have that time with him. I just, just because he's a good, good father. You know, sometimes God does things for us just because he knows we'll really get a kick out of it, right? But he was also connecting the dots in my life that prayer matters concerning divine appointments. That wasn't me in a receiving line going, hi, Asher, I just really am blessed by your books. And that was a, a divine appointment time where we got to ask questions and hear from him and be inspired on a one-on-one basis. So some of you here today, you're maybe wondering, where are my divine appointments? Who is God connecting me with? Well, I want all of you to have the people come into your life, whether it be socially, ministry-wise, business-wise. We're going to end here in a few minutes and and have you come and, and for those who want to pray, to be in position for God to connect you with the right connections. How many of you know we can force connections and then sometimes God brings us divine connections? Well, when we're faithful in the place of prayer, I believe the Lord's connecting those dots saying, be faithful to pray, prayer matters, and I will honor that time you spend before me, and I will connect you just like I connected David watching the sheep on the backside of the mountain with the prophet Samuel. Finally, Rachel, worship team, you can come on up if you would. The third tornado, and I saved the the most crazy one for last. As far as, as far as statistically, um, was, a, was this church in Bethlehem. If you don't mind uh, showing the family, first of all, it's Pastor Isa and Diana of House of Bread Church in Bethlehem, Israel. This is Pastor Isa on the... It's hard to see, but this was a picture where we took with our phone. That's Pastor Issa, it's his son, Fatty, and that's uh, his wife, and I can't remember her name, and they're two cute kids. And that's Pastor Diana, his wife. Um, 
And um, thank you. He, they, six years ago, I had an entrance into Bethlehem, which is, understand there, this is the West Bank. This is behind the big wall. Can you show that wall, Katie? It's Palestine or Palestinians. That right there has razor wire all on top. And no Jewish people can come into the West Bank and no Palestinians are allowed to leave. So we're talking, it's the center of all the, a lot of the controversy in the planet is based in these, uh, these Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So six years ago, I was there, got to preach at their church, got to visit with their family, and we lost connection with them. And so I thought, well, let's just drive into to Bethlehem and see. It, their church, by the way, is just this little church. It's, a, it's this like it's on the sidewalk. It's like over here somewhere. It's two blocks away from the Church of the Nativity, which is where you know, the pilgrims come every year. It's where Jesus was born, supposedly. So got to preach at their church. Do you have a picture of them in their little worship service? I don't know if you, some of the kids singing. It uh, should be a next one on there. Yeah, so that's the church, you know, and there's other, but that's Pastor Fatty in the back. Um, and so six years ago, I don't, I don't even know where the church is. I lost contact, but we found it. And we were late for the service, but they opened, welcomed us. We had lunch with them that after, Sunday afternoon. Got to spend all afternoon with them. And it was really good to reconnect. In fact, there's some opportunities in the future for us at River in the Hills to send missions groups to, their, to that uh, part of Israel to help them with their children's ministry and youth ministry, etc. But that wasn't the big outlier thing. What happened was we were spending time that afternoon in the car <clears throat> and a, the Pastor Diana, which I'd showed you the picture earlier, she said, you can go ahead and start yeah, playing. She said, um, she, she was just talking about a neighbor there in Bethlehem named Farouz. And she said, you know, such and such and Farouz, our neighbor, this and that, and I piped up because that's kind of my, I have kind of an annoying habit sometimes where I try to bring up stuff randomly to show I know something. I know I have it, so pray for me. So they, so they said, Farouz, Farouz, I go, I know a Farouz, but she lives in Tehran, Iran, and you're in Bethlehem, Israel, so, but... But I know this, Farouz in Arabic means light or lighthouse. And they're, you know, Diana's looking at me like, oh, that's great that you know that, you know. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know an Arabic word, you know. But then I went on to describe Farouz, the Farouz I know. Five or six years ago, she came walking through these doors after I had been praying for the Lord to connect me with people from around the world to this, our little prayer room. So I'm praying for not only Jews, but Arabs. Well, this lady comes walking in the door here in this room, six years ago, says, I came in because I saw the prayer room sign. She came in and she looked on the screens of the International House of Prayer prayer meeting going, and she said, 
I pray with, I can't do her accent, so I won't. Uh, I pray with the prayer room in Tehran, Iran. I have, I have hidden a satellite dish on my roof under branches. And if they find it, I'll get in trouble. She stayed, her sister lived in Steiner Ranch and had a bad disease. So she'd flown over to be with her sister. But for two weeks, she was in this prayer room praying daily for hours. Her name was Farouz. And she encouraged me, don't quit praying. This prayer room's important. Put a big sign out, do this, do that. You know, she was kind of bossy. And I was like, yes, yes. Does anybody remember Farouz standing up here in church and giving testimony? We couldn't record it because she'd be in trouble. So I'm rambling with Diana and Pastor Issa. So I'm rambling on about this Farouz that I know in Iran. And when I talked about her being a fiery Christian and loving prayer, Diana, guess what Guess what Diana says to me? Anybody guess? We know her. She has been to, stayed in our house in Bethlehem She's been to our church, and I and I was like, "You mean Farouk's frizzy hair, and uh, and and fiery Christian?" She said, "Yeah, she's kind of bossy." She goes, "Yeah, yeah, that Farouk." <laughs> and I still didn't trust it, so I said, "She went to Michael, Doctor Michael Brown's fire school in Pensacola, Florida." She goes, "Yep." She didn't say yep. She said, "Yes, that Farouk." Now. Process that for a moment. Six years ago, someone named Light Farouz encouraged us to pray and keep praying in this little house of prayer. And now, six years later, God saw fit to say, Glenn, your prayer room matters. Your call to provide a house of prayer, a prayer mission base for this area, matters. And and I connected someone who lives in Iran with someone you were at in Bethlehem. He'd been at our little prayer room to let you know, keep praying. Prayer matters. Prayer matters. Let's stand up, if you would, to your feet. Prayer matters in evangelism. Who have you been praying for and you felt like nothing is happening? Prayer matters. He connected me with someone halfway around the world to let me know they got saved. Prayer matters in divine appointments because sometimes God just wants to hook us up and many times he wants to hook us up with strategic people but other times just people that we want to be with. Just the joy. And then third, prayer matters when it comes to seeing God raise up houses of prayer, musicians and singers throughout the world to prepare the way for the Lord. If you could put those three tornadoes up again, that picture. We don't have to be panicked we can be prepared. Prayer prepares the way. So I'd like you to just, if you would right now too, 
bow your heads. And there are a couple things I want to say that you might want to respond to. But before there's any kind of ministry time, I'd like Rachel, all of us to be led in a song because I think as we just kind of worship right now, through the worshiping, there'll be a processing of God speaking to you specifically about how to respond. The first one is if you want to be in position for divine appointments, be they socially, or ministry, or business, or otherwise, just indicate in your own heart, Lord, I want to be in position for you to connect me that I don't have to push myself or strive. Just, just right now, I think yeah, across the room, just give all your plans, give your future to the Lord right now. I am blown away that I got a report about Talia and her mother. I'm blown away that the lady who was in this little this prayer room six years ago was in that same House of Bread Church. God knows how to your address and how to bring you what He's ordered for you and give you the desires of your heart. That's right. Just some who feel called. I want to specifically speak to some some people here who you know you've been called to have a prayer ministry. And yes, you pray, but you. The Lord's wanting to deal with your heart saying, you know, you've not been as intentional about scheduling prayer as you once were. The, the, the invitation today is to take that back up. Say, I'm taking up the call to intentionally schedule time because prayer matters. Food matters, so we go to the grocery store. Health matters, so we go to the gym. Fun matters, so we go to the fun event. Prayer matters, so we go to the prayer closet or the prayer room. Third, if there's a specific matter of prayer that you want to pick back up today, maybe it's a, a loved one. Maybe it's someone who's lost or someone who's backslidden. God hears our prayers that we seemingly, seemingly think we're just throwing them against the wall and hoping they stick. That's what I was doing with Talia and her mom. I'm not saying my prayer saved Talia and her mom, but I think the Lord was letting me know that, hey, your prayers mattered. So in all these areas, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you would soften and speak to our hearts to do business with you. Let's worship the Lord.